Hello and welcome to the Student Council Podcast, an educational advice show made for students and by students, where everyone is qualified to talk about their own experiences. My name is Carter Dvorak, I am your host, and I am so excited to be joined by Easton Dana of Canned Goods, the founder of Canned Goods, calling in from Arizona State University. Easton, thank you so much for coming on today. How you been? What have been your favorite five minutes of the past week? Dude, I've been awesome. Uh, it's been pretty hot out here in Arizona, but I- I've had a pretty solid last week. I'd say my favorite five minutes has been watching my uh, TikToks blow up. I've been putting a lot of effort to them, into them, and I've just been getting hundreds of positive comments and engagement from uh, an audience of sustainably-minded individuals like me. I love that so much. I mean, I was one of those people who I saw your TikTok one day, and I was like, yes, this guy, this guy, immediately. And so, like, I have to say within probably 30 minutes, I went online, ordered a shirt, and then emailed you and said, hey, you want to come on a podcast? And look at us now. Oh, I was so excited to get that email. I, I'm excited to get on a podcast. I'm excited to pack up your shirt for you. I'll leave you a little thank you note as well. Oh, uh, that's you. just awesome. Yeah, talk me through Canned Goods. Talk me about what it is. How did it start? What is this whole operation you're running? So essentially, Canned Goods is a sustainable uh, apparel and packaging company that uh, finds fun and unique ways to package apparel and other items uh, that does not involve plastic. It's all about a mission to end plastic waste. Uh, I'll get into my story. Uh, So starting about two years ago, I'm in high school. Uh, I love nature, fishing my local pond, surfing in the ocean, snowboarding in the mountains, and uh, skating in the desert. I was a big skateboarder in high school, went out, did it with my friends and uh, at the same time I was running my buddy he was a influencer his apparel brand he was an influencer on TikTok had a few hundred thousand uh, followers and I was running his brand for him doing the marketing social media and uh, basically figuring out all the logistics behind getting his brand out to the people now after doing that for a year or so I uh or his his fault he decided to take a break from being an influencer uh start to pursue college buckle down and uh, at the same time I just love the experience of running his brand so much that I wanted to, to make my own brand and a brand and uh, I wanted to make it all about my passions uh, one of which included skateboarding so I started what would later become canned goods an apparel brand called easy skate co uh, the whole mission behind this was just live easy uh, easy is kind of a play off my name Easton and uh, the one thing I needed to be sure of is that I was different it seems like everybody and their mom these days wants to start a clothing brand uh, everybody wants to sell clothes so I had to differentiate myself from uh, from all these other competitors. And I, I remember reading a statistic uh, in Forbes magazine that says 70% of consumers want to buy something that they think is sustainable. And 50% of consumers prefer premium and unique packaging. You know, packaging is super important when it comes to products. It's why when you buy shoes, you put the Nike box up in your room. Or super expensive products like Rolexes, Tiffany bracelets. They all come in these nice wooden boxes that you open and, uh, and keep for years. It's all about the... Uh, unpackaging experience. Uh, it's also why unboxing videos have gotten huge on YouTube and stuff like that. So I needed, to, I knew I needed to be different. I needed to be sustainable, and I needed to have unique packaging. So I decided to seal all of my Easy Skate Co apparel in recycled aluminum cans. These recycled aluminum cans were super cool. They had labels on the outside that matched the design of the shirt on the inside. Um, they were unique. They had funny little phrases on them, and people pop open, popped open these cans just like soda cans. They would pop them open, take the shirt out, and then usually put the can up in their room, maybe put some flowers in it, uh, pens, pencils, coins, anything like that. I grew this brand around Arizona, and about the summer of this year, I realized I wanted to make the brand's mission larger than just skateboarding. I wanted to really dive into, well, how can we create sustainable packaging for everyone, and how can we really make an impact? So I, I shifted the brand from a skate brand, Easy Skate Co., to a sustainable apparel brand all about ending plastic waste, which became the name Canned Goods. 
Uh, canned goods, of course. Canned goods are usually items that come in cans at the store. Uh, it's got the name Goods in there because we're doing good for the environment. And uh, I just love the name. So I created the brand Canned Goods around this summer, and I really shifted towards making the impact on the environment and building the brand around sustainability. Uh, and with that, I started donating to One Ocean Conservancy to remove a pound of plastic for every can that I ended up selling. This way, we were making a direct impact uh, as well as impacting how people think packaging can be. Because the real goal was to target plastic packaging. Uh, I created nature-themed designs to, to fit with the brand. And uh, going in after the summer, I started working closely with ASU. And they helped me basically with resources that, that fueled my brand. And uh, starting 2023, I've now been, began collaborating with other brands, not only in the apparel space, but in a few other spaces as well, to find unique alternatives to pla plastic packaging and uh, really just bring canned goods and sustainability to everywhere in the industry. It's absolutely incredible. It's such a great brand and a great name. I think of this, um, I don't know if you know the YouTuber Tom Scott. He does, like, he's a British guy. He does, he's kind of like, you know, sending uh, garlic bread to space and kind of like that, like, Mark Rober type, like, really kind of does these really interesting, informative videos. And he said a line once, which is that, like, customers love or people love, like, the familiar mixed with novelty. And I think that, like, like you know, not novelty and, like, cheap goods, but, like, novelty and, like, something that's new and different and unique. And when I saw canned goods, I was immediately, like, this is, like, the epitome of that, of, like, these, like, really cool, you know, designs. I think some of them kind of give me some retro vibes, but, like, this, like, getting rid of plastic packaging, one, is so cool. Two, the cans are such a, like, fun and smart and unique idea. You, like, hit it on the head. You know, I think about the iPhone boxes. Like, I yeah. have all of my Apple boxes tossed away in my closet because I'm, like, these are too cool to throw away. Like, and so I think it's something that's remarkably cool in that sense of kind of bringing these shirts in this cool design. I'm curious to ask, and, and I have a bunch of questions here. I'm curious to ask, like, what do you envision canned goods moving forward? Have you ever thought about, like, patenting this packaging style? Or, like, you know, would you want, like, is it going to be something like you want would you want this kind of idea of like canned apparel yeah. to like expand into other companies? Like, what do you kind of want to do with that? And also collaboration wise, any other exciting new collaborations or things moving forward with that? Well, well, I'll tell you this in terms of patenting. Um, I don't believe we can patent it because usually patents have to prove utility, mm -hmm. meaning it serves a purpose uh, beyond just brand. Uh, I guess the only utility mm -hmm. I could think of is it keeps shirts dry and away from uh, the weather and stuff like that. But that's not the real reason why they're in cans. Mm -hmm. It's not for the utility. And at the same time, when patenting it, it makes it difficult for other brands to try and replicate us. I will say we will we are trademarking canned goods. Mm -hmm. We don't want other people stealing our name and mi misrepresenting the brand. And uh, I'll also say a mm -hmm. lot of research has gone into where I source the cans, how I get the labels, how I can do it most cost effectively, uh, because that's a big thing with sustainable packaging is, is usually it's going to be more expensive. So because I've been able to run stuff through the brand in terms of wholesaling, getting prices a lot cheaper, uh, it's going to encourage other brands to actually just partner with us and we can help them package uh, whatever they want in our sustainable cans because we're going to eventually we're essentially going to be able to get it for them cheaper than if they were tr to traditionally uh, can their own items separately from us so that's why I'm not super worried about patenting the idea and I'm open to other people using the idea but I think uh, it's smarter for other brands to just partner with us because I've done the years of research I have the supply chain that gets me everything affordably and uh, I'll tell you what I also have a, an industrial can sealer and most people aren't going to have that line around the office. Um, as I mentioned before, talking about other brands working with us, that really is the future of canned goods, right? Uh, the, the apparel brand is awesome. Uh, it's bringing attention to plastic waste. But the real growth is through helping other brands all in the space to also align with our mission. Uh, I'll tell you right now what's wrong with current sustainable packaging. A lot of brands, whether it be apparel or manufacturing or just any type of product, if they want to use sustainable packaging, usually the packaging is just a brown compostable bag. Uh, it might have like a leaf on it that says like, 
like this bag is compostable and it's pretty bland and boring often unbranded and at the end of the day it's costing the producer more money uh there's a sustainable tax basically where if you put sustainable on everything it's going to end up being more money and a lot of the times the consumer doesn't want to pay more money just because something's sustainable so i've had to find this solution of creating sustainable packaging that's more than just being sustainable it adds more value to the product than just being completely recyclable and uh, available to upcycle so that's why where the can cans really come into play uh when it comes to helping other businesses beyond being sustainable they're also branded uh they are designed to be used as room decor like i said people put flowers pens pencils and stuff like that and when there's branded room decor in your room there's going to be constant brand recognition so companies love the idea that people are going to essentially have their logo in their room whenever they use these sustainable cans uh on top of that it helps other businesses stand out not nobody else is using cans it's super unique and uh the unboxing experience is super super fun consumers love it and it goes viral a lot on social media because of how unique it is so i've been able to target the issue of sustainable packaging being boring and people not and consumers and other companies not using sustainable packaging by creating sustainable packaging that is way more than just being sustainable it gives that extra value to the product that makes it so other companies want to use the cans for more than just being sustainable and they're willing to pay that little extra more and so are the consumers absolutely i have to ask this too because when i first looked at the shirts i'll have to admit i was expect like because you kind of there's a sustainability tax as you said i was kind of i was very very happily surprised that like they run the same rate as any other i think teachers that t-shirts that i found online like you know the one i'm wearing today I got off a, a nice, like, it was a coffee shop, merch shop, actually. But it was, like, equally the same price, if not, like, more expensive than the canned goods shirt. And I was, I guess I'm curious, like, is that because of a wholesale thing? Are you willing to, like, swallow a little bit more of the profit costs on that yeah. for sustainability? I know you're also donating some of the proceeds. So, like, yeah, how does that kind of look? Well, in terms of donating the proceeds, uh, it's actually you helping us as well. Because when I donate, it's a tax write-off at the end of the year. So I figure if I'm going to be paying those taxes, I might as well be donating to charity. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I think people often over overlook how expensive or affordable things should or could be. You go to PacSun, uh, you go to Tilly's, mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just talking about like stores that my generation or people who want to be sustainable will go to and shirts are often going to be 30 35 bucks but, but that's really just because you have all these big companies knowing they can get away with super high prices the prices don't really have to be that expensive in terms of the packaging I've done a lot of research in ensuring I get everything locally so my labels that I use I get them printed locally my apparel I get it printed locally I use just a hundred percent cotton uh, not polyester because polyester is a, a plastic based fabric but a hundred percent cotton which is affordable and eventually biodegradable and uh, the cans I get out of San Diego which is just a few hours away from my from my house or from my ASU and because I've been able to make everything local I don't have to worry about all these increased shipping costs having to account for shipping times and the end price can reflect that to where I only have to charge 25 or 30 dollars for a shirt I can compete with Tilly's and PacSun and these larger brands that are charging very ex or pretty expensive prices for just t-shirts and I'm still able to keep the business moving uh, and keep the business healthy that's amazing I it, it's so kind of cool and interesting and it makes me just really happy that I feel like again it's almost kind of like because it's just everything that we've seen so far with a lot of businesses like going local is like oh it's gonna be more expensive and more like going local is actually reducing like the bottom line or, yes. or is reducing the cost and exactly. that's so cool oh it's so it makes you so happy now I like asking I recently had some other people on who just started a very different business but it was really interesting I liked asking them like some of the most toughest and most fulfilling things in starting any project because you know that there's both that like grueling grind and that like really nice high 
apply. And so I'm curious, what if, what are some of the most toughest what are some of the toughest experiences for you running and starting canned goods? What have been some of the most fulfilling experiences as well? Oh yeah. So like I mentioned, it was super tough creating a completely local supply chain. Um, I kind I kind of got lucky there to where Tempe, uh, the city where ASU is in, it's the screen print capital of the world, uh, or at least of uh, America. Mm -hmm. So there's tons of screen print shops here, uh, and it made it so I could pretty easily get my shirts printed here. And because of all those screenshots, there are screen printing shops, uh, they're all competing with each other, so it drives prices down. Uh, but still, it's tough to comp to get a completely local supply chain, uh, especially with my labels too. Where are you going to find someone who prints soup labels that lives within 10 minutes of you? And uh, I was fortunate enough to reach out to a local comic book printing shop and ask them, hey, can you print my labels on these on your comic book paper? Uh, and they were able to do it, and now I no longer had to buy labels from all around America. And all of this also comes back to the tough fact that I'm dealing with very little upfront cash. I haven't had any outside ASU grants or any funding or uh, investment, it's literally just been probably 200 bucks that I had in high school. So not having any upfront cash, I had to be scrappy. I had to be calling 20 different screen print shops around me, figuring out where, where I can get the most affordable prices without sacrificing quality. I had to be finding unique ways to uh, pack it or to uh, get the can labels. I had to be finding uh, uh, a, can, a can supplier that wasn't super expensive and could deal with my low order quantities because I'm not buying 10,000 soup cans like a, a soup can company is and having very little upfront cash it's i can't be wholesaling big amounts so that's been the, one of the other super tough things i've had to deal with and i've had to find unique and creative ways to fight that challenge in terms of fulfilling i mean yeah i'd say the highs are definitely better than the lows i mean the lows can get pretty low pretty tough uh, especially when you're dealing with these difficult challenges but at the end of the day i'm going out to my pop-up events around arizona and i'm meeting my followers people are saying hey i saw you on tiktok i love the brand idea i love this shirt let me get two of them or just meeting people in the industry who are, who are backing the project. Uh, I recently had a meeting with the CEO and founder of North Face, uh, a, uh, the outdoorsy brand. And he, he told me how much he loved the idea and, uh, and was really vouching for me. Like, yeah, this is, this is, this is cool. Uh, and, and it's going to make a difference. And also meeting those who are reaching out to me excited about the idea. Every time I get a good TikTok going or I'm posting on social media, people like you are emailing me like, hey, let's be on this podcast. Hey, I love the brand idea. And every time I get those emails, I'm like, I know I'm doing something right. I know it's all worth it. And finally, at the end for every financial quarter, uh, I'm donating to remove plastic waste. And there's just been three, four, five X growth quarter to quarter for how much waste is being removed. Uh, and just seeing that growth and knowing I'm making that impact, it makes all the tough and difficult challenges worth it. That's absolutely incredible. I am so proud of the work you've been doing. Yeah, absolute kudos to you. I wish you the best of success with canned goods. I'm so excited to like, I feel like talking to you now, I'm just sitting here like, man, I get to say I know him when or I knew him <laughs> when, right? Like when it's like the North Face canned goods collab and I'm like, man, I was like, there for the, yeah. for the early days. Um, but even still, it's like you've been going around going at this for two years, which is awesome. So now I want to shift. I love talking to everybody about college experiences. Of course, you have a, you know, a canner in your dorm room. So it's all kind of intertwined here. But what have you in your college experiences so far? What are you really studying in Arizona? What are kind of your thoughts for anything after graduation? Like, how has that all been? Yeah, so I'm studying entrepreneurship at uh, ASU's W.P. Carey School of Business, as well as Barrett the Honors College, which is uh, their honors college at ASU. And I'm not going to lie, it's been super tough balancing in class and canned goods, uh, especially as the company has been taking off in the past few months. Uh, I've really had to analyze what I really value in my life and prioritize my time, right? Should I be working on the business right now? Uh, or should I go out in my dorm room and play video games with my roommates? 
uh, I, I got to choose one of them, and I can't be playing video games anymore when I got when I got a business to run. Or should I be doing working on this essay and try and get a hundred percent? Or should I do some canned good stuff and be okay getting an 80, 85 percent uh, on the essay or just in my classes overall? Uh, however, I have been able to blend school and business through a few a ASU programs. They have a class called the New Venture Challenge class, uh, which I applied and got into, and it's a group of ASU student founders and mentors and investors around the Arizona area. And basically the class talks to us about how to grow our business, things we're doing right and wrong. And we're able to talk to these mentors and also investors who know what it's like growing startups and uh, being in the startup space and give us advice on that. Uh, ASU also has other programs that I'll get into, get into a little bit later that help provide resources and basically help me run my company efficiently uh, especially since I'm just a freshman. I don't have an MBA. I don't have any degrees. I, I have limited experience in the actual big business world. And throughout my college, because I have all these resources, I plan to keep building more companies uh, alongside Canned Goods uh, and other companies after college as well. I just I love the feeling of creating movements and building something from the ground up and uh, especially projects that have an emphasis on impactful, whether it's to society, whether it's to the environment like Canned Goods, or students at ASU. That's incredible. I really empathize with you with that last point. I think that they have such a, a fun and kind of a rush and a cool experience of like starting a project or making a change or like working together and doing something with it. It's I just think it's such a great experience. Now, I am also love to know for AS for those interested in ASU and, and curious about it, like what's the the student perspective like? What's the culture of the school? What are kind of the traditions, the staples, <laughs> the like things that you really see on the day to day? All right, Carter. I'm not I'm not going to lie to you. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's it's no secret. Yeah. ASU is a party school. Uh, um, I don't know if, you, if you've heard that. We, we, we do have a bit of a reputation. Um, the administration likes to say that, that they're no, we're no longer a party school. We are, we're, we're locking down on business. And while some of that's true, you know, you can't invite the professor to get drunk in your dorm like you could 20 years ago. Um, it's, you're still going to have that atmosphere. You're still going to have people walking around uh, in party outfits. Everybody's in swimsuits and bikinis walking to class. Uh, and there's constantly dorm parties going on across the hall. I mean, frat and Greek life, uh, sororities, stuff like that. It's pretty big here. Lots of people are involved in that kind of stuff there's always a dorm party to go to they, they claim it's a dry campus however that's not super true uh, but I will say that's not always a horrible thing. Um, and their big emphasis here is on their business school, W.P. Carey, which is honestly probably why it's such a party school. It's full with a bunch of business majors. Um, and because everybody's, you know, socializing and meeting each other, it creates a really good networking and events, not only through the social aspect of meeting people at dorm parties and stuff, uh, but also through school programs. ASU does pride itself on being a school that you can build a network at. And uh, they have programs and events and uh, student businesses that you can go to and collaborate with other people, uh, including Venture Devils, which is a, an ASU program where if you have a, a student startup or even an idea, you can apply and they'll supply you with mentors and uh, workshops on how to build your, your business on super technical stuff that you might not know. Like I said earlier, my new venture challenge class where you're with other founders and uh, they'll also supply you with mentors. That's how I met the person who connected me with uh, the founder of North Face and I was able to get his input. So if you're looking for a school to go to where you can socialize um, and you really want to build a great network work and meet a lot of people then you definitely want to go to ASU yeah that's a great pitch for the school I it, like I love yeah I see a couple of business school parallels there and that's really nice to have that both that great support and the great fun experiences right you can have a great school that work hard and play hard is what they say yep, right exactly yeah now I, I just saw the, the first note that you had under this next question but okay do you have any like shift in majors and paths so how did you really kind of settle on 
business and entrepreneurship and, and things like that. Yeah, so I, I, I come from a long line of local news anchors. So my dad was a news anchor, or is a news anchor for the local NBC station here in Arizona. Uh, his grand, My grandpa was a news anchor uh, in the heyday of local news. Think uh, Anchorman with Will Ferrell. Everybody's <laughs> turning on the local news in the evening, and uh, and everyone loves the local newsman. And even my great-grandpa did a radio, kind of like you. You know, it was a microphone, stuff like that. Yeah. And because I've been surrounded by, of course, news anchors are super outgoing. I, I've uh, gotten pretty comfortable when it comes to talking in front of people, public speaking. And uh, growing up, I did a lot of professional off-Broadway shows at a at a, a professional theater in downtown, or is it downtown Arizona? Or downtown Phoenix, Phoenix area called Arizona Broadway Theater. Uh, I did musicals. I was the lead for two of the three shows. And this taught me to really build an outgoing persona. And it also helped me manage a little bit of money that I was making doing these professional shows. Keep in mind, I was doing these at 10, 11, and 12. So I, I was very young. Yeah. And do, doing these shows, I, I wanted to be on, on camera, just like my dad. I wanted to get into the film industry. Uh, I had done my theater acting. My dad's on TV. My grandpa's on TV. I want to be on TV. So I started doing a little bit of film work. Uh, nothing big. GSAs, like maybe a little promo video for, for smaller companies, stuff like that. And I didn't really find a lot of success. Uh, it's pretty difficult when you're not living in LA. And so that's when I, I first came to the reality with, shoot, my, my, my main, my, my dream of, uh, of becoming like a famous actor and working in Hollywood, it's probably not going to happen, or at least not while I'm in high school. And even though that was kind of tough, I still had a love for film. I did uh, film competitions in high school and won my district's film festival. And I was able to use everything I learned through just getting good at public speaking, performing for a bunch of people, learning to edit videos, learning to perform on camera. And I was able to use this as leverage for um, networking, film editing, social media, and helping with influ- with my first influencer's brand. Uh, that I mentioned earlier. And of course, running that brand for him, using everything I'd learned, that eventually developed into canned goods and my love for entrepreneurship. In terms of whether or not I'm going to change majors or paths in the future, I mean, I haven't changed majors yet because I'm just a freshman. Mm -hmm. But like, who knows what can happen? I didn't think I'd be running a relatively successful business at 18 when I was doing Broadway shows at 10. Yeah, things change. I, I It's kind of cool. Like, I see the progression. Like, I, it's cool to track that, like, for you and kind of from where you started to where you are today. When I read, like, lineage of news anchors, like, just from the moment you got on the new, like, on the call, you had, like, a, like a really great on-camera energy. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I could tell. And I'm like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I do have to ask, um, do you have a favorite, what was your favorite of the Broadway shows to be on? Oh. Do you still enjoy Broadway shows and listening and watching those? Yeah, I still, I still like watching them um i'd say my favorite so there's a movie called a christmas story Mm -hmm. i'm sure you heard about it it's about a little boy who wants a bb gun for christmas and he goes through all these challenges and and at the very end he finally gets the bb gun from santa claus and it's a cute story about christmas traditions there's a a musical version of it and i I was the little boy ralphie and i just love that musical um because it was christmas time everybody was super happy the audience was super engaged and uh, i was on my first billboard (laughs) in a pink bunny outfit because ralphie (laughs) wears a pink bunny outfit in the middle of the in the musical and he's super embarrassed about it so there's a promotion billboard of me in a pink bunny outfit at 10 years old and uh i still have that picture somewhere and and seeing that i'm like wow this is awesome because I, I i'm doing great things yeah i was gonna ask because you get to keep the pink bunny outfit but oh, I mean, you got the billboard yeah I, yeah i at least got the the picture of the billboard that's awesome switching back to schooling a little bit i i love asking everybody about housing i think it's a essential component and always very different and informative for people so kind of what's asu's housing like where are you like kind of living now where do you think you'll be going after this year just kind of give me the lowdown uh well i'll start with how i selected my housing back when i was in high school uh as i'm mentioned or in high school i was told that i needed to apply mostly by my parents 
uh, that I needed to apply to ASU's Honors College. The Honors College was developed 10 or 11 years ago, and it was developed when there was a transition of power in uh, the ASU presidency. A new president came in, his name is Michael Crow. He wanted to take the reputation of ASU being a party school out of the ASU brand, and with that, he created an Honors College to try and make us look a little more academic. And the Honors College, the big thing and the big reason people want to apply, besides it, it, it looks better on your diploma, is you get your own room as a freshman, you're in a suite with four other roommates that has a living room, um, room for a TV, sink, uh, a little mini kitchen, and uh, your bathrooms. You get bathrooms that you don't have to share with everyone else on your floor. On top of that, they have a whole separate dining hall that has much better food. Now, in, when I was told to apply, while all this sounded great, I felt conflicted as to whether or not I should apply. First of all, when you're in the Honors College, there is a little bit extra work, and I was worried about being overloaded, especially as I was running uh, Easy Skate Co. at the time in high school, and I, I wanted to keep running that brand, and I thought, shoot, if I'm going to be running this brand and going to ASU with my normal classes, and now I got to deal with the, the honors workload. I, I was worried about that. But the other thing I was worried about, and what a lot of my friends are worried about, is if you're going to an honors college, are you going to be surrounded by people who really only care about school and aren't outgoing? Um, I, I, I was thinking, sh like, I don't want to be roommates with a bunch of people who just sit in their room all day and keep their eyes on their work. However, I applied anyways, and it was one of the better decisions I've ever made in my life. I was completely wrong about whether or not I'd be overloaded or scared about not meeting people who identified with, with uh, my personality. First of all, in terms of the living situation, because I have my own room, I can run the whole business out of it, right? Like I said, I got my can sealer here. My walls are stacked up with boxes that have shirts and more cans. My closets are filled. And I definitely would not be able to do this if I had a roommate and I was living with a roommate. They would not stand for that. Uh, my room wouldn't be as big. I wouldn't have closet storage space. So can goods would not have happened without a applying to the Honors College. Secondly, the Barrett community, the students, they're not they're not like dorky nerds like you'd think. I mean, they're just they're just people just like me and you. They still go out, they have fun like everyone else would, and that that's the beautiful thing about college. You're going to meet people who fit into your own personality. Um there are so many people at ASU and, and even in Barrett there's a few thousand people. So there's so many people to meet and you still get the same college experience as if you were to not be in the Honors College. And on top of that, the food is so much better. Um because it's a newer building, they have newer facilities. Uh you get sushi rolled in front of you. There's stir fry chefs. The food's very helpful. And this is super important too, because it helps me stay in shape through both body and mind to ensure I'm eating healthy. And on the work side, there isn't much extra work. Um, it's one extra class I need to take uh, per freshman semester. And then outside of that, there's a few little projects. But other than that, it's not much extra work than you would traditionally get. However, being in this much nicer living situation, I do feel conflicted because I have a lot of friends who don't live in Barrett and their living conditions are really, really poor. Uh, I think that's an issue at a lot of universities but it, it's seeming like to become a bigger and bigger issue here at ASU. The dorms right next to us that literally look look into our windows every day and, and see how nice it is over in Barrett. They're, they're small shared rooms. They have failing bid, building facilities. There's always leaks, uh, especially sewage leaks that are just horrible. The ceiling tiles are all punched out. The lighting is poor. There's mold. It smells bad. And it's just a poor environment for education. And I feel like just because I may have had better grades or a better application and I applied to Barrett, I should not have a living advantage compared to all these other ASU students. I'm not really paying much more just because I'm in Barrett. So ASU should be able to provide this nice Barrett style living for all students, not just us. That that's one major gripe I have is why why do why do we get it much nicer? No one else does. It's not really fair. And yeah. do but you also have to look at it like due to the massive infrastructure change that would need to take place for all the other housing to be transitioned to a Barrett style living. I don't think it's ever going to happen. So if you're applying to ASU, even my grades weren't even great in high school. I had like 3.3 GPA and I don't know, like a 29 on the ACT. That's not super impressive. And Barrett doesn't look at grades. They just look at who you are as a person in your application essay. So don't think you're not going to get in because there's a good chance you'll get in. So if you're applying
applying to ASU. Apply to Barrett. You will be so much happier. It'll be so much nicer. And it, it, there's really no reason not to. So, that, so that'd be my number one advice if you're applying to ASU. Apply to Barrett. Absolutely. I, I completely, that's a solid piece of advice. I like you carrying the nuance and the complexity of both being like, this is a great living space. And like, why aren't, why, why is there such a disparity? I, I think it's a really good thing. And also, you know, like, I totally agree. If you're going, I guess Barrett seems like a great place to be. Um, how does somebody apply to Barrett out of curiosity, like on their application? Or is that kind of after they get in? Like, yes. for those who are interested. So first you're going to get into ASU, which has like a 95% success rate. It's more <laughs> impressive if you don't get into ASU. Uh, and after you get into ASU, um, make sure, first of all, you're applying your first semester of your senior year or maybe even second semester of your junior year. You want to get in early, the application cycle, because you're more likely to get chosen the earlier you submit. So after you get into ASU, you can go to, I think, just look up Barrett, the Honors College application, and you'll be sent to a website. All you do is write an essay, um, answer a little qu questionnaire, uh, submit your grades. And I don't even think, I think they're test blind. So I don't even think they look at your ACT or SAT. And you want to make sure you do that early. Um, usually, like I said, first semester of your senior year and i think there's a good chance that a lot of people listening will get in if they just do that and yeah that's how that's how you'd apply awesome thank you now moving into some of the the general rapid fire questions i love to ask everybody on the show what is the most impactful piece of advice that somebody has given to you so i do not know where i saw this could have been like a tiktok or something <laughs> but everyone is obsessed with the idea of luck oh he, he's only successful because he got lucky right place right time luck is not chance it is a product of opportunity and skill set what i mean by that is there is always opportunity for something happening every single day it's just whether or not you have the skill set to capitalize on that for, for example um i was talking to somebody one of my friends and they said they knew somebody who ran a comic book store and one might say oh say oh it's lucky you happened to talk to someone who knew someone who had the comic book store which you would later use to print your can labels but what was what was really made it luck was that i happened to have the skill set to have a brand that needed a comic book store and have um the graphic design skills to be able to design these labels and i was able to merge the opportunity of meeting somebody who had connections like that with my own skill set. So that's why I always preach to myself, oh, build your skill set as much as you can. You know, learn learn a ton of different things. Graphic design, how to be on camera, how to do social media, how to edit videos, reading a ton of stuff. You don't have to be super good at it. Just have a somewhat okay idea of a ton of different skills. And this way, whenever any opportunity comes across, you're going to be able to capitalize on it and make your own luck. Uh, on top of that, the two other things I would say is I, I heard another phrase called there's always a third door. A lot of people look at, at life or decisions, including myself, as you're always limited to two choices or, or there's only uh, metaphorically two doors you can go in, a right door or a left door. And sometimes what you have to do is stop thinking about whether you should go into the right door or the left door and maybe make a new door, a third door that is better, a better option than both those doors. Uh, I'll give you an example. I had, when I was starting Can Goods, I, I had to think, okay, do I want to be a, a just an apparel brand or should I just be a business to business brand and uh, package other brands uh, apparel sustainably? And, and I went for a week like, oh, well, if I do the business or the apparel brand and it's just me, there's all these opportunities here, but I don't know if I can grow as big. And if I do the business to business side, it'll be harder to grow. It'll be harder to meet people. I won't be able to grow social media because I'm just going to be behind the scenes. And then after a week, I was like, why can't I just do both? You know, there's that third door, that third option that you don't think about. So if you're ever stuck between two options, think of maybe there's a third. And, and the last thing that goes with that is just read um, and and books. Books are over underrated so much nowadays. Um, 
I, I mean, I don't physically read a lot of them, but I listen to a lot of audiobooks. And the reason I like books to learn stuff compared to like YouTube videos or TikToks is when you're reading a book, the book has already been sold to you. The person who wrote that book has already made money. But when you're watching a YouTube video or a TikTok, a lot of the times they want to upsell you on something. Maybe a YouTube video wants to sell you his merch or sell you a course. So the content in that YouTube video is going to be biased against what he wants. But when it comes to books, they've already sold the book to you. They don't care about it. So the advice is never going to be biased. It's always going to be solid advice that has no ulterior motives, like maybe advice or lessons that come from YouTube, TikTok, or social media. Yeah, no, it is. It always is. That's a really good point about, about books and things like that, that you kind of think forget in a very, in a world of like a lot more education commodification where like, yeah, no, it's like there isn't that like, yeah, they don't need to upsell you on the book. Yeah. If they do upsell you on the book, it's like maybe a sequel and it's yeah. usually not something where they're like, it's not like there's a mid-roll ad every like chapter yep. in a book, right? Yep. You know? And a lot of times um, books have to be published so you already know that yeah. they've gone through lots of series of vetting and uh, the author who wrote them probably knows a thing or two about what he's writing about if he's investing in publishing a book and stuff like that exactly yeah no that's great i also enjoy audiobooks and i always try to, to dig into them more uh, furthermore do you have an ultimate tip for somebody going into into college yeah yeah so so here's the, the the tip or so i use that helps me academically socially and personally first of all academically uh going into college of course if you want to go to college for a second year you got to have good enough grades to not drop out or fail and everybody always has the mindset of the professors against you but most professors don't want you to fail it looks bad on their resume they usually get bonuses when their students do well and so you have to kind of look at it this professor isn't really against you they'll make the class relatively easy as long as you know where to look so you got to take advantage of the resources that they give out study guides usually reflect the tests pretty much exactly just with different numbers or tweaks to the questions and also building relationships with your professors in a room in a in a lecture hall of 400 students if you're one of the students to go introduce yourself to the professor and just talk to them they'll probably see your name on that essay and subliminally like you a little bit better and give you better grades so academically you kind of just have to play the game with the professor socially i think networking is the biggest reason to go to college not a diploma diplomas are important but at the end of the day when you have a diploma if you want to get a job or do something else you're going to be competing with everybody else who has that same diploma so when you're in, but when you network and you meet someone who maybe has opportunities for job openings or stuff like that you don't have to worry about competing with everyone else so talk and meet as many people as you can uh, i keep a list of people that i met uh, throughout college just met whether i'm talking to them in line uh, at the ups store at the dining hall or at a party and, and I'll, I'll keep a list and say this is this guy he uh he does this this and this and this is how he could help me in the future because a lot of times you're going to come to a point where you're facing a challenge whether it be you need help on homework or like my reference earlier i needed to find a place to print my can labels and that challenge can easily be fixed by someone you've already met uh like i said earlier i just happened to meet someone by talking to them and they told me about a comic book store that they think could print my labels so meet as many people as you can because there's always opportunities behind meeting as many people as you can learn people's names and, and be liked um being liked is super important being liked by people will give you an advantage that money never will um i, I read a book called how to F win friends and influence people which is kind of a cringy title um when it comes <laughs> comes to like you sound like you need friends but it has a, a, a lot of really good points on like remember people's birthdays remember their names they'll like you so much more and they're more often than not they'll go out of their way to help you and don't make enemies even when you want to yeah there's a few people at asu that i don't like but i'm not gonna make enemies with them i'm gonna be nice to them because i never
never know when I might need their help. And finally, outside of academic and socially, for, for your own self, for personally, <laughs> I would say delete TikTok. Um, this is that's pretty direct advice, and it kind of goes against Chan Good's whole business model, which is getting viral TikTok videos and building our brand that way. But as somebody who posts on TikTok and learns a lot about the algorithm and the tricks they use to suck you in, I would say delete TikTok. It it, it makes you a consumer and not a creator. I'd say always try and be a creator, not a consumer. Stop trying to consume media and, and make things. Humans humans were built to make and engineer things, whether it be a brand, whether it be art, whether it be songs, whether it be poems, anything. You will feel better and you will feel happier if you are actively creating stuff instead of consuming it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious. So when you, if you, as you are still a TikTok creator, do you like, do you have the app on your phone and you just never like go on yeah. it? I, I'm honestly, I'm asking this question for myself because I have the exact same phenomenon. Yeah. But like, yeah. Um. So when I say delete TikTok, it's because I'm I'm a victim of this too. <laughs> I I tell myself I should delete TikTok, but there I, ideally I can't because I run my business a lot through TikTok and Instagram as well. Um. I do go on TikTok for about 20 minutes every day. Um. On my on a separate personal feed. In this feed, I've liked and curated all my for you page videos to be exactly the same as what Can Goods target audience is. And I scroll through 20 minutes and I send the most viral videos to my official Can Goods account and just take notes of comments and trends and different sounds and then I stop myself at 20 minutes go to my canned goods account and now that I've consumed for 20 minutes I tell myself okay now you got to create for 40 minutes and I'll create I set myself a goal to create three TikToks a day uh so I will say I do use TikTok for business reasons I try and limit myself and at least I'm also creating TikToks and not just consuming all of them but if you're not yeah. using TikTok for business just don't go on it <laughs> it'll, it'll it's better off in the end yeah yes. honestly I feel that it's it's fun it is like there's good community building there but so much of the time I can get sucked into so many things Yes, definitely. Um, yeah. Do you have a dorm room essential item or anything that you should kind of tips on the dorms? Yeah. Re regard besides the the can sealer, which I think everyone should have in their room. Um, <laughs> I don't have a specific essential, but I will say it's super important to have your room cleaned. Uh, because messy room and it, at least for me, it make, a messy room makes my mind super disorganized and messy. So I set myself a goal to have a super nice clean room every by every single Monday. So I don't have to worry about whether or not my room is clean except Sunday night. Set myself a goal, always clean your room, and this way I can start the the week refreshed and not stressed about my room and that that helps me like, like mentally reset and be ready for the week that's a great great tip i love to as much as i can try and clean and dust the room i feel like mine always, it's always dust man yes. that's my thing yes. it comes for me um <laughs> but like it it's such a good thing to have a, a clean room i love it so dearly i need to to figure that out at some point this week anyways uh, is there a moment from high school that you still think about? Yeah, yeah, there's a few. Basically, any moment that's built up to an event from tons of hard work and months of planning. Um, we, we played a game called Assassins in high school where uh, there's a big social media account that everybody follows and everybody who's following the account is playing this game. And the game is you have to shoot everybody else with water guns and take videos of it. <laughs> and you can shoot them outside of school, um, at nighttime, stuff like that. And if you get shot with a water gun and there's a video of it, you're out of the competition. So you have a few hundred students playing and then by the end of a few months, everybody's been shot with a water gun gonna accept one person and they win uh so i won that a competition and it took lots of months of planning and hard work on top of that i placed fifth place in my state championship for pole vault which was just months of grinding and hard work going out to the track and vaulting three four times a week and to be able to place fifth place in the state championship was just seeing all that hard work come to, to fruition same thing with winning my film 
festival. It took a few months to film everything, get all the ideas down, and then and then I won. So I just love seeing hard work coming to fruition, and that's always stuff that I think about. Absolutely, yeah. Um, another one I'd love to ask is, what would you tell yourself as a freshman in high school, and then yourself at the start of college? Um, yeah. So coming from a background of news anchors and being on Broadway when I was younger, I was always the loudest person in the room, at least freshman year in high school and through a lot of high school. Uh, I always talked out of turn, made jokes, loved the attention, which kind of just came from me doing that outside of school through the, uh, the 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 Broadway stuff and my parents or my dad being a news anchor. But you gain much more value and, and you're liked by more people if you just listen. So I would tell myself, don't don't be the one always cracking jokes. Don't be the one being super loud. Listen to more people. You'll learn more stuff, learn more about not only other people, but different opportunities that might be out there. So I just tell myself to quiet down a little bit and uh, not always be the loudest one in the room. When it comes to college, the number one thing, as I'd say, is crack down on your daily goals. Make every single day productive, no matter what. Uh, canned goods has grown five times in terms of revenue in the past month just because at the beginning of this month I sat down and set daily goals for myself every single day and said I need to get this done by the end of the week or the end of the day and this increased my daily productivity like crazy I was getting stuff done in a day that would usually take a week if I had just started doing this at the beginning of the school year back in August canned goods I can only imagine where it would be it'd be so much bigger now absolutely no daily goals and, and having those agendas and just good plans is so critical and sticking to them yes too, stick I think to them. the biggest element of, of it is is having those goals and like taking the education and I remember I did like cross-country running in like fifth fourth started in fourth grade my mom would like go out and do runs and stuff with like other kids and friends from school and she told me like she's like heard this thing of like you have to run through the suck and it's like yes I've thought about that quote for a very long time because man there's a point when you run where everything hurts yep. and everything feels awful yep. and you could just stop you can just stop moving your legs and it's over but if you keep going over that threshold and you kind of focus and usually for me it's like you crank on a song that is very loud and very fast like there's a way that'll kind of ease out and you can get into much more of a flow with it mm -hmm. and it, everything becomes a lot easier and so running through that suck setting those goals is such an important element of college and life and everything else now because i want to get you out of here because we talked about only being an hour for time wise i actually have to head out as well <laughs> i love to ask you do you have anything to plug anything to promote this has been a great conversation thank you so much for coming on i am great time talking with you so what do you want to share yeah so if anyone listening wants to keep up with my story or even uh talk to me wants to run anything by me uh or wants any advice on anything you can follow me on at easton.dana on instagram and i'll just respond to any dms uh if you want to learn more about canned goods and our mission go to canngoodsclothing.com and canned goods clothing on instagram uh, canned goods clothing on instagram that's all one word and if you want to reach out to the brand and talk about brand stuff whether it's discussing ideas you want to get involved or collaborate just uh email me or dm me on the main site or the main instagram and my email is eastondana at canngoodsclothing.com amazing thank you absolutely listener go check out all of those great things go check out canned goods clothing for yourself get a get a can for <laughs> yourself i don't not to back up easton any more than he probably already is but uh go get a shirt they seem really cool i'm so hyped to get mine but thank you so much for listening easton thank you again for coming on today it's been an absolute pleasure to chat such a like really cool energetic kind of a really inspiring guy so great to keep great to meet you great to talk to you and all of that do you have any other kind of parting words or final things to say before we head out of here uh, i would just say Carter, you're the best. Uh, I love this. You asked such good questions, and uh, I'm super excited to see where all this all goes. Thank you so much. I'm right back at you. You're the best. Thank you. Listener, thank you. You're also the best. If you want to find us, our Instagram is at StucoPod, and our email is StucoPod at gmail.com. Totally check out all things canned goods before you get to us. Wishing you the best of luck and the best of times in all of your educational endeavors. The Student Council is adjourned.